Chris Wendelkin, and this is On the Line, my NBA podcast where I talk to friends of mine living around the country about all things hoops. We do some NBA-related deep dives, drafts, news, and notes around the league. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, tweet at me at ontheline underscore pod. Send me any of your NBA questions, your real or fantasy questions to uh, onthelinepod at gmail.com. Please check out our uh, previous episodes on the website, onthelinepodcast.com, onthelinepodcast.com. Hop into a deep dive, check out our draft. It's all up there. Last, if you could please rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. It's greatly appreciated. All right, welcome back. Hope you guys had a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you are on the East Coast, I hope you're not freezing to death. Hopefully you're not snowed in. We're expecting a big snowstorm, so I hope you guys are managing wherever you are as you get this pod. Uh, on the show today, we have Ben Craw. We are going to be doing a draft of a guy that is something of an enigma in NBA terms, and that's J.J. Redick. Um, this is one of those pods that Ben and I have circled on the calendar for a while now. So without further ado, let's just hop into it. Here he is, the one, the only, the incomparable, the man, the myth, the legend, Ben Craw. Uh, all right, Ben Craw. Ben Craw's on the line. Um, it is a special day. It's a special week here on the line. We're celebrating a man, a sharpshooter, uh, both on and off the court, so and we... Um, I don't know, love maybe, uh, uh, love dearly. I don't, I don't know if that's totally what we mean, but uh, that person is J.J. Redick. Uh, I mean, we, we love him. Yes, <laughs> yes, we do, we, Chris. We revere that's, him. We, we, you we know, envy him. Yes. I would definitely use the word envy. <laughs> right, um, yeah, yeah. That's like a major emotion that I feel towards Absolutely. J.J., yeah. Along with love, along with respect. BC, how you feeling about this pod? Uh, how you feeling? You know, as always, I, thanks for setting aside some time to, to do another draft here on the line. I mean, once again, obviously, thank you for having me. Yep. Um, I feel blessed and honored um, with this, to, to be given this opportunity. Yeah. Um, I think this is a special day. This yeah. is going to be a special pod. Mm-hmm. My heart is, is, you know, just feels like bursting at the seams no with doubt. the... Um, just the sheer joy of, of our of our our, uh, our our subject matter today. So yeah. I have a question for you. Um, yeah. Do we need to provide the audience with uh, the origins of this pod? Like, how did this pod come to be, or should we just hop into the draft and sort of unpack? You know, I feel I like think we can. I think we can discuss the origins organically through the drafting okay. process. Like, I don't know so when a certain any... when certain picks will pop up, we'll be like, okay, and that's kind of how this whole thing started. Blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. Exactly. Exactly, um, exactly. All right. Well, with that being said, I had the first pick in nicknames, BC. So I That's will right. yield. I will yield oh, to you with the first overall. I always pick. forget the order. I never. It's always a surprise to me. Um, yep. When I when I get that first pick, that's that's fantastic. And but wow, that's honestly. Let me ask: geez, Do you have? We, a, was there a consensus number one overall for you as you were thinking about you know some some of the picks that were in play for you regarding the JJ draft? There was not, and okay. I'm going to come right out and tell you, Chris, that yeah. I this is probably the least prepared I've ever been for a draft. I love this. You're coming at this <laughs> naked. I'm flying a little bit without without instruments right I now. It. I love it. Um, you know we. It's tough to explain the kind of research process behind this one. It, it definitely differs from some of our other drafts, yep. which felt a little bit more structured and, you know, it sort of more clearly defined what, what we were doing here. Yeah. Um, with this one, it's such a, a swirling kind of, you <laughs> tornado? know, c- yeah. tornado cacophony of 
of feelings and emotions yeah. um, about about this topic that yep. I just kind of figured I would wing it and and just kind of follow my heart in the moment. I love um, that approach. So that's that's my strategy here. Um, but in a way, it means that I'm almost so. Um, kind of kind of lost right now yeah. that i'm wondering if i if you would be interested oh. at all oh, yes in a trade i'd love a trade i'd okay. absolutely love a trade so let's talk business uh, i've got trade fever after that last trade that we that we pulled off and who could um, blame you yeah yeah it's it's such a thrill um anytime you can uh, you can you can you can do business and, well, and make some transactions happen what so what interests you uh you know I, I mean i don't know like what 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 do you think in here what uh, what interests to you is it are, are so you i have a pretty i have a pretty swap? big ask yeah um i'm not interested in a pick swap for this draft okay. um i i think i what i really have my my eyes set on um would be the number one pick in our next draft great which i know is is a that's a that's a high asking price so we're just swapping um, number one for number one yeah number we're just we're just swapping number one for number one happy exactly to do i'm it. i'm okay all right fantastic happy i to have do it. happy to do it. um yeah, I have some pretty some some higher prospects for our next draft that Great. I have, um, you know, my heart kind of set on. So Great. I'd love to get the number one, to snag the number one in that. Okay. With that being said, um, let me let me reveal a little bit about my process. So I, I will say, like you, I didn't really have a consensus number one overall here with JJ. I had several. I had se- <laughs> I had several <laughs> several prospects <laughs> vying for that number one spot. But so hard to make that choice. I did a lot of thinking about it. I really ruminated on this one. And yeah. uh, I did come to a number one overall. So let's just dive into it. So BC, uh, with my number one overall pick in the love for J.J. Reddick draft, Team CW is proud to select J.J. Reddick having tattoos. Um, this yeah, is this, a, this is something that was dynamite. really near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, J.J. kind of... <laughs> JJ, his image and his brand in the NBA has really evolved, I would say, over, I, you know, he's been in the league probably, I, th- I think, like 10 or 11 years at this point. And yeah, it's really, right. it's really evolved over that, you know, 10, 12 year period since he kind of came into our consciousness at Duke and, you know, now is, is, is playing uh, with the Sixers here. And, um, so I, I I have long been fascinated with that evolution of his image changing from this very kind of squeaky clean uh, guy, you know, at Duke, this kind of like clean and, and clean and like straight and narrow guy at Duke into this kind of like mm-hmm. rebel bad boy with the 76ers. He's so, a bit of a, he's a bit of a bad boy. He's a bit of a bad know? boy. He's a bit yeah. of a bad boy. Yeah. He's got that edge to him yep. where you're kind of like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad, is he guy? A bad guy? I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't, he kind of makes me, he has that five o'clock shadow there. You know, oh like, yeah. That's um, worthiness. Sure. Yeah. 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 So it makes you, it makes you think twice a little bit about him. You absolutely. Know? So in a, I, I uh, did some research here. So in a 2015 <laughs> interview with uh, a really wonderful podcast called the NBA A to Z podcast, which was hosted mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Sam Amick when yep, he was still with working it. with uh, with the USA Today, mm-hmm. um, JJ, JJ was a, a host, uh, was a guest on his show. And he started talking about um, his tattoos. And so, um, you mm-hmm. know, if, if you know JJ right now, he has a full sleeve of, uh, he has a full sleeve tattoo on his arm. And he had that work yeah, done. One, one entire arm is covered. He yeah. had that work done after speaking with a, with a friend of his named uh, Adam Levine, who you maybe know from the close, band. Close friend of JJ's, yes, no? Yes, Maroon 5. Yeah. 
So uh, JJ said, I ran into Adam Levine this summer in Cabo. We had we had met a few years ago, Reddick explained on the A to Z podcast. We were talking about our love of vintage watches, and I happened to ask him, mm. hey, who does your tattoos? I really like your tattoos. He said, there's this guy in San Francisco. So the guy in San Francisco and I have been talking for the last six months, and then he flew down over the weekend to do some work on Adam, and then I had him sit in a chair for about five, six hours yesterday, and he did the upper arm of my sleeve. So mm. the tattoo's meaning is rooted, uh, if you don't know, JJ is a devout Christian. The tattoo's meaning is rooted in four evangelical symbols from the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And mm-hmm. they're interwoven with various like animals and chalices and, and, and what, whatever else. I think there's an it's eagle. Beautiful. It's beautiful. There's it's a work of ox. art. Yeah, it's really something. It's so, almost like he made, he, he submitted his body as a canvas to the yes. tattoo artist. Would you say that's accurate? Absolutely accurate. Yes. So when he was asked why he got a full sleeve as opposed to just a bicep tattoo mm-hmm. or a smaller design, JJ said, I like the way a sleeve looks. I guess that's part of it. Probably half true half joking but the the tattoo that existed on my left forearm i'd hated since i got it so it was a way of to cover that up with a Mm. you know with a full sleeve the smaller tattoo that he was referring to that he was covering up was actually a song lyric and uh (laughs) the lyric goes something like this single book of matches gonna burn what's standing in my way from the kings of leon song pyro Uh, now also as a side note jj has been into tattoos for a while in college he got some biblical verses tattooed on his stomach and his abs he also has he also has the japanese word courage on his chest Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I also found out that while he was on a family vacation with his grandma, she decided to get a butterfly tattooed on her shoulder. So mm. simply put, tattoos, you know, make people tough. They make people yeah. edgy. I was going to say, I, I believe he has more than one reference to courage um, with, oh, that, yeah. with that tattoo ink. Um, I believe on his chest is a, uh, is a Joshua That's uh, right. 1-9 verse that That's right. says be strong and courageous. That's right. That's right. So, so it's, it seems like that's a bit of a theme for him. You know, when we think about JJ, we think we think of courage, we think of toughness. You know, he's I a, always think those things. He's yeah. a hip dude, obviously. We'll, we'll get into this more. <laughs> he he lives in he lives in Brooklyn. He's a very tough, edgy guy. We've talked about the five o'clock shadow. He loves wine. Yeah. You know, when I think tattoos from a branding perspective, you know, that really makes him extra cool, extra no nonsense. So um, with my first overall pick, the thing that I love most about JJ Reddick, I am going with uh, with his having tattoos, the full sleeve tattoo. That's a f- such a fantastic pick. Thanks. Um, couldn't couldn't be be happier with that one. Um, yeah. Would you say that at, that JJ, you know, when you reference his friendship with Adam Levine, um, yes. I also read a uh, a Hollywood report- reporter article from 2014 uh, where JJ uh, says uh, it says in the article quote he mentions how he'd like to sit down with Adam Levine and talk watches and tattoos. So I wonder if that was before yeah. this Cabo. It must have been after because he he, he definitely had his tattoos for uh, for a while. So I wonder if that was just a reference to his uh, his friendship with Adam. But um yeah, but yeah, I, I, I would. Do, I know Adam Levine was definitely an inspiration. I think it almost I, makes me think. Now this is maybe this is crazy, but tell me if you agree. Would you say that JJ Redick is yes. sort of like yes. the Adam Levine yes, of, of the, the NBA? NBA? Yes, yeah, because he's such a rock star. That's. 
Adam, yes, JJ. Redick I mean, Adam is Levine, the Adam Levine it, of the NBA. Adam Levine. First of all, is, let's, the, is the JJ Redick of what would we say the pop music world? You know, like I mean, let's let's establish this premise first. Adam yeah. Levine is is probably the one of the greatest rock stars of all time. Of right? course. I mean, it, yeah. when you think of rock and roll, you think of Adam Levine. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. And when you think of rock and roll in the world of basketball, you think of JJ Redick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I JJ is a rock a star. He's a rock star on and off the court. Um, it just makes perfect sense that they would be friends, that they would be vacationing in Cabo, that they would talk wine, that they would talk tattoos, that they would talk ink, you know, that they would talk watches. So it just, it really all makes sense. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy that I could select it first overall. So, BC, you are on the clock here with the uh, with the second overall pick whenever you're that's ready. A, that's a great pick. Um, and I like that this this rock star... See, this is why I wanted you to go first is, mm-hmm. is because I needed some sort of, uh, you know, something to kind of latch on to. Sure. To inspire me um, in my selections. So with my first pick, I'm going to segue that rock star comment. So my, my, my first overall pick, or my, my first pick, second overall, is a pretty specific one. Um... It's kind of narrow in scope, so I wonder if it if it really deserves to be number one. Oh, it deserves but I it. Think it. I think it does because it was actually, um, and now we can kind of get into our, the backstory of this draft a little bit. It, it this was actually the motivation, the inspiration yes. for this draft. I love it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead with my first pick and choose the podcast that JJ Reddick did uh-huh. with Goldman Sachs CEO. Thank you. David Solomon. Yes. Um, probably one of the greatest interviews that has ever been conducted. Um, it's, I, it's, I mean, it's one of the funniest things I've ever. It's more heard. than an interview. Yeah. It's it's a conversation. Obviously, it's a it's a journey that you kind of yeah. go on with these yeah. two men, these two tremendous, extraordinary men, um, mm-hmm. talking about their lives, talking about basketball, talking about life beyond basketball. Yep. It goes it goes everywhere. It takes you on a journey. Um, it's emotional at times. It's it really, it's really I just can't recommend it highly enough. Um, so the all right, I mean there's so many things to unpack with this interview. Um, but uh, the, the 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 point that that made me think of it and that, that kind of convinced me to, to draft it yeah. Um, so JJ and and uh, and David Solomon they discuss lots of things. Um, but one of the things they reference early in their interview is um, you know how they uh, sort of built their friendship. They apparently had it a dinner together um, in the in the Hamptons this past summer, um, which uh, they don't really get into too much detail. But JJ describes it as quote epic. Um, it was uh, it was a meal with JJ and his wife uh, and David Solomon. Yeah. Um, there was a wine pairing involved. I understand. Yes. Um, and uh, and that was kind of a, a dinner that they had where they really built their friendship, and that's when they decided to to do this podcast episode. So it was really kind of a magical dinner that that then led to this podcast existing. Um, well, can we and, mention also that they actually met somewhere before that dinner? That that's dinner- true. The initial meeting. <laughs> yes, that's a very good point. Thank you for reminding <laughs> that's me, the uh, best Chris. Part. Yeah. So. Uh, JJ actually met uh, David Solomon, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, at a conference in the Napa Valley. Speaking um, at a conference in Napa Valley, and JJ, J- to his credit, is like, I have no idea why they wanted to be there, but I was yeah, there. Yeah, it's true. Speaking. Yep. And because that's he's one such of a, the things we love about JJ. He's he such a humble guy. He doesn't ask questions. He just yeah, shows yeah. up. People say they want him to speak at an event, and he it just was figures a, he's qualified, you know? He just it was shows a, it up. Was a, 
Yeah, a Goldman Sachs hosted a conference for tech and media CEOs. Um, <laughs> I mean, when I think and, tech and, and media CEOs, I think let's get JJ Reddick in here. Yeah, let's get JJ Reddick um, because as we're going to establish uh, throughout this podcast, JJ Reddick is much more than a basketball player. Yeah, Chris. he really is. Um, he's a Renaissance man. He's he's a man of many interests, many passions. Of course. Um, and so I think that's just reflected in in this great friendship that he's built up with um the ceo with david of solomon who, who is a renaissance man in his own right of course of course um but which we can discuss if, if you'd like but i'd um, love to but, yeah are any tidbits there and we should shed some light on david solomon well so david solomon is the ceo of goldman sachs one of the one of the best companies in my opinion oh, no that um that, that we have here in america um just a tremendous you know financial institution um edgy, just does so much edgy so much rock good. star sort of company called oh Sachs. yeah i mean the best um i i personally love finance and ba- banking it's one of my passions so when i heard that jj was going to be interviewing the ceo of goldman, goldman sachs, sachs. The, i mean the best the best bank the best uh, firm um you know that's 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 the quality yeah, yeah. um but so when you when you mentioned that that rock star thing, um, it reminded me of a quote from early in the uh, in the podcast with David Solomon, where they were talking about this meal, and uh, and JJ oh said god. this. Oh my god! My wife Chelsea commented afterwards that uh, normally when she goes out to dinner with me, you know, I'm I'm sort of the rock star. No, you were <laughs> the that, you no, were the rock in star in that room <laughs> uh, it, out in the Hamptons. Uh, you you my friend were were the rock star. Yeah, well, that's that's just because the crowd was too old to really know much about basketball. But uh, but in my eyes, you were the rock star. Oh god! Um, oh god! And it's really, I mean, it's such a, such a great special moment between two <laughs> friends. Uh, you know, it, like the fact that that we can share in that kind of a moment, that that little connection between two men um, who are in fact rock stars. It was just, it just made me feel really cool. You know, BC, you made me feel real, like I was. You're the real rock star of this podcast. No, oh, Coke, Chris, know. please, no, you're no, no, the no, rock no. star. BC, it's what? really you who's no. the rock star. <laughs> you, oh, oh my God, no. fine, please, oh fine. I guess we stop. can agree that no. we're both rock stars. Yeah. I mean, we, we can both be rock stars. Oh, Jesus but yeah, Christ. I mean, yeah. Uh, it just ma- so makes good. me makes me feel so, so good. good. Um, so good. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot in that podcast. We can, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll be my next four draft picks. Um, so <sighs> yeah. I don't want to spoil the entire thing right okay, now. Great, great, great. But um, but that's my number one God. is is JJ's uh, podcast episode with uh, Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon. That's number one, one pick. That's one of those picks where you know, to put it in NBA draft terms, it's like maybe wasn't the pick everyone was expecting or saw. Not but a like, consensus number one. Yeah. For sure. but like it's like within six months of the draft it, it's like the jaron jackson jr of picks where it's like <laughs> holy shit they totally knew what they were doing yeah, like it's a yeah. phenomenal it's a phenomenal pick <laughs> um so i love I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty proud of that I'm, i I'm love the I solomon pick i love the solomon yeah. pick all right so with my with the third overall selection in the uh the love for jj reddick podcast draft i am going to select jj's Watch collection. Oh, the watches. Yeah, God I mean, damn. This is That's a great. great you know, this is like a softball right over the middle of the plate. Yeah, um, yeah, right. Big fat meatball right yep, down the middle. Yep, yep, slam yep, it. yep. So slam feel free, it out the park. <laughs> feel free to help me with this one here. But basically, so <laughs> last year, uh, we we should say, you know, JJ, <laughs> JJ is really not shy about um, doing magazine profiles. So he oh, he's has, done many. Yeah, he's, he I mean, because really, he's such a sh- he's so generous. He sh- he's so willing no, to, to I mean, share. Hey, listen. 
to share himself. People want to talk to the guy. I can't blame. It's a gift to all of us that he's willing to do it. So JJ has at this point has done several GQ profiles, but last Mm -hmm. year in one of these profiles, last year he JJ opened up about his vintage watch collection, and uh, he got kind of he got kind of philosophical. He got kind of vulnerable, and Mm. uh, BC he got kind of real. Um, he, he, he said he spends almost about an hour a day thinking about vintage Rolex watches. Wow. And JJ expressed that, you know, his watch collection, he said, has actually shrunk over the years. He said, quote, Mm. I'm, (laughs) I'm trying to define my own essentialism and my value (laughs) system, not just with things, but with people and time. It's all really started with, it all really started when I had my first son, when I had uh, my second wow. son, it quickened the pace of me figuring mm. things out. It feels mm-hmm. like a midlife crisis prior to my midlife crisis. I'm God, down to so my real. I'm down to my bare essentials right now. I have a vintage Rolex Daytona, a Zenith Daytona, and a dress watch, and that's it. Mm. Wow, that's incredible. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but at one time his watch oh, collection had was, ballooned to it, dozens it of was, watches. It was absurd. It was. Yeah. It was. I mean. Decadent would be putting it nicely. I believe he had a special, um, like a special leather case that his wife had bought him to, right. uh, to to store and display these watches. That's right. That's right. Yeah. JJ has said, you know, describing his describing his um, his watch collection as, as as that as a collection was really not doing it justice. He said point blank, like it became his obsession. It became like yeah. his like. An, complete, an addiction almost. Uh, yes, a complete yeah. addiction, obsession. And, uh, you know, I love this about JJ. I mean, the man, that's the thing about this guy. I mean, guy. watches are, all right, here's another yeah. uh, uh, kind of hot take here. But, yeah. but tell me if you agree. Uh, a, a man is really defined by the watch that he wears on his wrist. Could not agree more. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you don't have a great beautiful precise expensive timepiece on your wrist you're really just kind of a kind of a beta male you know yeah. you're kind of a a, a a lower level person i think absolutely um, unless you have a truly remarkable timepiece um on your wrist yeah and i just want to say what i love about jj's watch obsession maybe calling it a collection isn't even fair what i love about the obsession here is it's just it's very much on brand with jj right like it's mm-hmm. it's meticulous and he goes all in you know what i mean he doesn't know how to do he doesn't know how to do half of a tattoo you know he doesn't Uh-oh, know how to no, do no. a small tattoo he goes full sleeve he doesn't know how to just you know he's not a man that goes halfway he can't just casually enjoy wine he becomes like a wine connoisseur right he doesn't Mm -hmm. just have like consume knowledge he doesn't just he doesn't just like you know uh take an interest you know in 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 investment banking he gets the ceo of goldman sachs on his podcast so i mean exactly this just feels very on brand for jj it's why we love him uh he doesn't know Mm -hmm. how to do anything other than a hundred percent just gonna say another term that 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 reminds me of um, that that David Solomon, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, um, used to describe JJ. Yes, was um, intellectually curious. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, one thousand percent. Yeah, with everything that he does, he has such a, a high level of in, of intellectual curiosity. One thousand um, percent. And that and that really serves him well in yes. in, uh, in all of his pursuits. I think absolutely. The third overall selection in the JJ Reddick Love Draft is uh, his vintage watch collection. BC, you are on the clock. This will be your second. This will be your second choice. It'll be the fourth second overall pick. pick. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. I don't know what, what direction to go. Right yeah. Here. What are you feeling? There. Um, What's running through I your head? Could do. I mean, 
the thing about JJ, he's just so deep as yeah. a as a person. No there's doubt. so much. There's so much to him. There's so many sides to him. Um, there's such a reservo- reservoir of of um, of just different talents and interests that he Things has. To tap I mean, into. I know we could talk about his physical perfection. Sure. We could talk about his um, you know his <laughs> mental uh, perfection. Sure, mental. We could talk about his his, his emotional his emotional yeah, intelligence. No um, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah. that with my second pick. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about JJ's. Um, and I think this is this really kind of gets into the multifaceted mm-hmm. nature of this man. Mm-hmm. So you think of JJ Redick, you think rock star, sure. Yeah. You think basketball player primarily, right? Uh-huh. But no, there's he's more than that. With my second overall pick, I am selecting JJ Redick's poetry. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Because again, this I think really exemplifies just how how deep he is, how much more um, there is to JJ than just a, a basketball player. Um, so JJ Redick, um, on top of being one of the greatest basketball players of all time, is also one of the greatest poets of all time. And you yes. might think poetry? What? No, he's an athlete, right? Poets are you know you know a totally different breed of, of human being. No. But no, J.J. Reddick can do both. He can do it all. And I would say that he might even be better at poetry than he is at basketball. Wow, um, that's saying and a that's lot. Saying, that is saying a lot because, like, like I said, I mean, to me, he's one of the top 10 basketball players of all time, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's right up there on the Mount Rushmore. Of course. But, but let me talk to you about some of his poetry. So I think he started writing poetry when he was much younger as, um, as just sort of an outlet, you know, a way to work out his emotions he continued doing it um, throughout college. In, I think, 2004 or three or four, maybe, uh, Sports Illustrated published a collection of his poems, yeah. um, which, again, like, he didn't have to do that, but he decided yeah. to to grace the world yes. um, with his with this gift, with um, with this uh, generous, generous gift. Yeah. So let me read you a couple. There's there's a, you know, I mean, there's a few, um, few poems here. He, he writes, I'm not a poetry expert, so I don't know exactly if these are sonnets or... Mm-hmm. Uh, or exactly like what the what the style is, but to me, I mean, they're just beautiful. Let me read you a few lines. I won't get, I won't read all of these, uh, you know, in full here because there's just so much richness. Um, I could take hours, you know, reading these poems. Of course, but just to give you a little taste, this this poem is from July 15, 2004. It reads, "Quote: No bandage can cover my scars. It's hard living a life behind invisible bars, searching for the face of God. I'm only inspired by the poems of Nas." So, yeah, there's just a lot going on there. I mean, uh, let me take a, let me actually just take a breath as I, yeah. I almost got kind of emotional there honestly when I was reading that. So, let me just give me give me a minute. I'm sorry. Excuse sure. me. I know this isn't good for a podcast, but I have to just take a moment to kind of collect myself after reading that. Please do. All right. Okay. Okay, I think I'm better now. All right, sorry. We can continue. No, I was just going to ask if you knew a couple of of these lines. November 5th, 2005. I can't see what my future has in store but I move forth with the strength of a condor. The courage of nice. a warrior, the commitment of an American soldier. Despite this ah, weight on my shoulder, <laughs> my inner focus, I just, uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, when you, you know, when you, like, the way he's referencing the American soldier, yeah. you know, like, he's thinking about things on a, just another level, I feel like, you know, than, than, than your average human being. Like, he's... I don't know, man. Like, honestly, I don't know how he does that. Like, how do you, how can you be, I don't know. It's just mind-blowing. It really is. It's so impressive. 
Yeah, it really the ability is. To, to operate on that level. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I just yeah. want to say you kind of touched on this. I mean, so JJ was obviously one of the most hated collegiate athletes of all time. And right. poetry, you know, poetry became an outlet for him to, I think, deal with some of the negativity and the hate. And I want to say, like, we're not hating, we're not hating on that because, like, lots of people write and journal and and write poetry and whatever, and that's a great outlet. The what's interesting about JJ is that he invited Sports Illustrated to publish his work, and then went on camera with ESPN and actually read some of these poems in an ESPN piece. Did he? I did not realize that. Yeah. Reddick has been writing poetry since junior high school. He says it's his escape. A sharp thorn once cut my soul. The blood flowed, but no bandage would cover the wound. There is probably some references in my poetry to the the hate, I guess, that that I get um, and just what what it's like to to have that feeling that, that people hate you. I asked the Lord, what am I to do? He said, son, I made the sky blue. The rain falls because of me. Leaves change colors on a fall tree. I was the inspiration to Martin Luther King. I'm the reason Ray Charles could sing. I've given strength to others through and through. And my son, I'll do the same to you. The poetry provides Reddick momentary peace and quiet. Wow, fantastic. So yeah, I'm I'm really really happy with that strong second pick, JJ Reddick, poet. Love it. All right, I am up. All right, this one is near and dear to both of our hearts, BC. Um, mm-hmm. this will be my third overall pick. This will be the fifth overall. Mm-hmm. And um so with the fifth overall selection in the JJ Reddick Love Draft, uh, I will select JJ emailing Mark Zuckerberg about having too many friends. <laughs> So I'll be honest with you, that was on my board. Yeah, you stole that one from course, me. Of course, of course. So um, real quick backstory here is uh, in 2005, while still in college at Duke, JJ emailed Mark Zuckerberg because he was getting too many friend requests. He emailed him directly. Emailed to, him directly. To, to complain. So, I mean, what I, Which, love, what, what, what I love about this one, BC, and this is a story that came up, I want to say, I don't know, a month or two ago on JJ's podcast. He was doing a mailbag yeah. with one of the guys at The Ringer. Again, yeah. he, he willingly shared this information course, with us. Proudly. He, he loves he this. Yeah. yeah. No, this is, yeah. this is like a podcast-worthy story. So this mm-hmm. is, what I love about this, it's peak JJ. It's peak JJ. It's really special stuff. Com- to, to complain <laughs> on a national podcast about having too many friends circa 2005 is like classic JJ. I mean, why not complain about having too much money or like too much oil or like too much gold? Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, of course, in being two- too good at basketball, yeah. being too good at poetry, in being too good looking. In 2005, JJ was at the height of his powers as a national college basketball star. And he was a heel, of course, leading Duke University, where he is the all-time leading scorer. So Yeah. He, he, I mean, you're going to be a heel. There's, you're going to get haters when yes. you're when you're that incredible yes. and perfect a person infamous yeah so and uh, as i mentioned uh, before you know he's been referred to at times as the most hated collegiate athlete ever of all time and that's an incredible distinction i want to say so over the course of his due career uh jj had to change he once revealed that he had to change his cell phone number five times at one point during his junior year he claimed that he got 
50 to 75 calls a night, mostly from Maryland fans. So, mm-hmm. of course, at this time, 2004, 2005, a little website known as the Facebook.com was launching around the country, initially right. just for people limited you know, to access for only with students with a .edu email address. So, as you, right. might, as you might imagine, JJ was a popular person to add as a Facebook friend, um, and yeah, inundated, inundated with friend requests, inundated with friend requests. And so lo and behold, in back in 2005, what's he do? I'm getting all these friend requests. I got to reach out to the Zuckerberg guy and ask it's him to help me out. too many friend requests. I got it's too getting, many. I I'm can't, too many I can't handle all these. Box. I can't handle these friends. Scale me back. Scale me back. It's just Zuckerberg. Help me. Help, help me out. Zuck, what am I supposed to do with these thousands and thousands of friends? You got to help me, Zuck. You got to help me. I'm getting too many friend requests here. Can we slow it down? So yeah, with my, with with my uh, with the fifth overall pick, I am selecting uh, JJ emailing Mark Zuckerberg about having too many friends. That's that's an incredible pick. Yeah. Um, you stole that one from me for sure. Well, you stole um, poetry from me, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good pick, and and I'm gonna actually use that once again to to trampoline off of into my third selection. Yes. Which so maybe maybe that little. You know, incident, that anecdote that we just shared about his email to Mark Zuckerberg is, is something of a foreshadow, because in the year 2019, you know, fast forward 15 years later, sure. J.J. Reddick, and this is my number three oh pick, my God. is not on social, social media, media. at all. That's at all. What a sleeper, he man. He has completely deleted uh, his accounts. What a guy. Imagine not Did being you know on this, social Chris? media. God. Did you did you realize this no, information you, you did, know, that I'm telling you? I didn't even realize that. You know, it's just so funny because I listen to JJ Reddick's podcast all the time, and it's it's like he would never even mentions it. You know? Oh, but, he wouldn't mention it. Um, as always, thanks for listening to the pod. Tell your friends about it. Um, don't hit me up on social media because I don't have it. Right. I no. mean, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal to him. I just it's like whatever. I guess you know? I just so, missed I mean, that. He's over it. Yeah, I guess yeah. I just missed that one. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, when you think about. You know, in this day and age of of um, of you know the 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 social media athlete, sure. you know, is, is uh, all the engagement with the fans. Yeah. It's really all about you know. It's almost like half half the sport is the entertainment side. Yeah, and being on social media um, is a is almost like a, a foregone conclusion. It's a given. You know, yeah. um, every NBA player has it a Twitter account, like a has a Facebook account. You know, what yeah, I mean? exactly. Um, and and you know people like Joel Embiid, of course, have, have really like um, have really burnished their brand yeah. and, and really uh, kind of built their whole image. God, on, it's uh, like on, on there. I can't even imagine being in the NBA and not having like a Facebook fan page. You know, just to right, like engage, right. just to like organically engage with my Facebook audience. You know, it's one I mean? of those things. It just feels like an obligation. I mean, but yeah, wow, but. Yeah. Not for J.J. Reddick. Wow. He is just above it, you know? That's he's just incredible. kind of like, he just doesn't need it. He's just not that kind of a, you know, he's not really like, um, I don't know, what's the word? He's not really like bothered by those kind of like, um, you know, the, the more common like uh, dalliances of, 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 the, of the millennial generation. Are, are, you and, trying, you know, are you trying to imply that he almost finds social media to be like, uh, I don't know, a distraction? I think so. I think honestly, he he feels like he just doesn't need it in his life. Dude, you know? that's kind of staggering to me. That's yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, it seems like a small thing, but when you really think about it, the the power and the 
bravery and the we were talking about courage earlier. Yeah. The courage to make that kind of a choice to go off social media completely, it's really like no small thing. Wow. And I think that JJ deserves a ton of credit for it. Um, I think it's just like really brave. So how does, how does he communicate with his audience? That's a great question. I mean, obviously he has his, um, incredibly popular podcast. Yeah. Um, that's true courage. That is true courage. Yeah. And then, you know what I think he probably does? I think he focuses a lot on, on actual real life relationships, you know? Yeah. Um, I think he probably says to himself, I don't need to be on social media. I can I can just talk to a real friend. A in real, real life, person, yeah. And I can look at that person face-to-face and tell them that I love them. Let me you know, call instead up of, David Solomon, instead of, see if he instead wants of pushing, to get breakfast. Yeah. Instead of pushing a heart button, I'm going to take you to the Hamptons, and I'm going to have an epic meal and a wine pairing to go with it. And we're going to and we're going to enrich each other through face to face interaction. And I don't think people really do that anymore. Wow. Other than JJ Reddick, you know, because we're all on our social media devices, and you know, we're all concerned with our likes and our and our hearts and all this and that. Not JJ. Not not JJ. Wow. He's such a real guy. He's so real. Yeah. So that's my number three pick, JJ Reddick. Not on social media. He's frankly too good for it. Wow, I, uh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm jealous that you strong, selected I'm, it. I'm, sh- I'm honestly shocked that I got that at, at three. I, I know thought that was gonna be well. I'll, the top, I'll top be honest with pick. you. I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna be. I'm shocked that I got this one at number seven overall. So I, I'm oh on boy. the clock oh here. Boy. This is a bit of a deep cut. And I, I, I confess, I've been a JJ lover and admirer for a long time. So yeah. I, I've been listening to JJ Reddick's many podcasts. I, you know, I don't even know know if you know this, Ben, but JJ has had you know several versions. Uh, That's right. Several Before he was on the Ringer Network. Before yeah, he was on the Ringer. He, on the... he had a show. I think it was on Yahoo, and then it was somewhere else. There was yep. something on Uninterrupted, and you know the show's gone through various titles and and even when he wasn't hosting podcasts he was always just such a willing he was always such a willing guest you know he's always yeah again so so generous just always ready to hop on someone else's podcast so jj has really been in my life in a very personal way for a very long time so i Mm -hmm. remember when i heard this story it was a couple it was a couple of years ago and my Boy. my jaw literally hit the ground. So with the seventh overall pick, it is my true honor to oh select JJ attributing the birth of his first child to Demarcus Cousins. So wow. here we go. I don't know if I'm actually familiar you with yeah, this story. Yeah, you don't know this story, and I'm happy to share Whoa. it. So a few okay, years wow. back, and uh, what's fun about this one is we get a few different themes here. I get to call back to a few few different things. So a couple years ago, mm. back in April of 2016, on an earlier version of JJ's podcast, this one was called The Chronicles of Reddick. JJ That's right. JJ had one of his friends. On a the great show. pun on one of the one of oh. the greatest movies of all time. Of course, starring starring Vin Diesel. Thank you. So JJ yep. has one of his friends on the show named Ben Winston, who is an executive producer on the Late Late Show with James Corden. So he has mm-hmm. this guy on uh, as a guest, and they they're recounting their friendship, how they met. And it turns out they met while vacationing in where else but Cabo. 
and Cabo. And, and, a, I was going to say the Hamptons. Nope. If not, if not, yeah. Yeah. On a side note, you know, BC, we should point out that Cabo is a frequent vacation spot for JJ. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he loves. You know, it, it just it checks a lot of the boxes. You know, in terms of JJ branding, uh, you know, again, it fits in line with the the watches and the wine and whatever else. Okay. Anyways. Sure. I mean, this is a guy that that really only deals with the, the finest yes. and the best in life. So during the podcast, Ben Winston recounts how there was he remembers in Cabo he met JJ they were hanging out they shared an Uber somewhere and one night they're hanging out down by the pool and he remembers Mm. there being some tension at the pool in Cabo because who else was on vacation in Cabo but DeMarcus Cousins then of the Sacramento Kings so Mm. a few years earlier Boogie Cousins had actually broken JJ's wrist in a game between the Kings and the Clippers and JJ was forced to sit out six weeks Wow. So JJ, JJ then goes on to explain that while on the IR and with the Clippers, and the Clippers were on an East Coast road trip for two and a half weeks, he and his wife decided that they would make the most of their time and try to conceive a child. So lo mm, and behold, okay. they, get, they get pregnant with their first child. It's their son. And to this day, JJ credits DeMarcus Cousins with the birth of his child. He says, quote, <laughs> Chelsea and I decided to try and get pregnant. And now we have Knox because of DeMarcus Cousins, end quote. And I, I, I just want to say, like, there's a certain level of, like, gall to, you know, being like, my family's important and like yeah. we'll conceive a child, but it's gotta be when I'm injured and it's gotta be like, like basketball always comes first. And I love that about yeah. JJ. Like, yeah. like nothing comes before basketball, including like you're starting a family and, um, and, and we're so, we're so happy for JJ and, and his family, you know, he has two healthy kids now and that's so great, but I love that he shouts out Boogie Cousins and gives Boogie Cousins the real credit there for, that's a great, yeah, yeah that's a, a great, great dark horse pick. Isn't um, it? Because it, it really does highlight, um, that, that thing, that intensity and that, um, I would say like the lack of, so it reminds me of a, um, it's like a lack of, of awareness, a, right? I wouldn't say awareness. It's more like, oh, I think he's aware. I think okay. he's very aware. Okay. Um, because JJ is a very, if nothing else, he's a very intelligent man. Yes. He has emotional intelligence, yes. um, as we've mentioned. Um, and I think he's aware. And I think that he he has, I think he's aware and he just doesn't care. And there's a, yeah. um, a sort of incredible, um, uh, what's the word for it? There's just like sort of a single mindedness to him. Well, he's a gunslinger, right? On and he's off a gunslinger. Court. Yeah, yeah. So let me let me um, illustrate this with another quote from his interview with CEO Goldman uh, Goldman Sachs CEO <laughs> David Solomon. Go ahead. Um, he's talking about um, uh, he's talking about his MBA career um, and what he wants to do after it. And at one point in the conversation. Um, he says, you know, he's talking about like, oh, he doesn't have as much time with his kids because of his uh, basketball career, but that'll come later. And he says at one point in the uh, in the interview, in the conversation with David Solomon, much to the chagrin of Chelsea during the offseason, um, I, I train how I train <laughs> and there's no really nego- no negotiation. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that just kind of tells you like he's so committed to his craft of yeah. basketball um, that that his wife and his children really just don't enter into the equation yeah. um, when, when he has to do what he has to do. Sorry, um, that's life. And, and you know, that it kind of just fits perfectly with that story that he conceived a child 
only because of an injury caused by Boogie Cousins. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, that just, that checks out. You know? Yeah, that it really out. does. Um, yeah. yeah, a bit of a dark horse, but I knew as soon as I heard that, I was like, that is a, that is a really special story. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we got to shoehorn it in. BC, you are up. You are on your, the eighth overall pick. This is your fourth selection. So you'll have one wow. more pick after this. Oh boy. This is, uh, all right. My, with my fourth selection, I am going to go with the fact that J.J. Redick took issue with Zach Lowe and his um, a certain article, the uh, column that Zach Lowe wrote um, called the NBA Hall of Absurdities, I believe it yeah, was. Yeah. Um, which Zach Lowe, you know, who's a um, a respected journalist uh, working for ESPN, he might be like but, the foremost like respected NBA journalist, right in in, yeah. in in the country, right? I think there's I like would, a consensus I mean, opinion, like. This there's is, Woj yeah. and there's Shams, um, but Zach Lowe's like right up there in that group. Um, and we should say Zach and, Lowe's like the tone of all of his pieces, like of all of his pieces are very studious. They're very serious. They're very thoughtful and considered. Yeah. Like he is like a true journalist. He's almost he's more a of a very scholar. He's accomplished like, journalist. He's like an yeah. NBA scholar more than anything yeah. else. He's a great writer um, and, a, and a great, great journalist, great reporter. Um, but he wrote an article that tried to like kind of, you know, poke a little have a little fun hey, it's um, the with the nba you know it's the it's a little slow let's talk let's 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 talk about the lighter side yeah. of of the game let's you know let's have a little yeah let's just uh, have a few laughs um but jj reddick you know no. the thing about him he just doesn't sorry like we said he doesn't do anything halfway and he doesn't joke around no. when it comes to <laughs> doesn't believe his it. his craft yeah and that's what it is basketball is not a game to him it's not a sport it is a craft that he studies, that he yeah. that he hones mm-hmm. diligently, mm-hmm. Um, all day, every day, off season, preseason, mid season. He's <laughs> he's treating this like it is, you know, an obsession, a passion, and there's nothing funny about that. And you know what? I think that. I give him so much credit for calling out Zach Lowe. Yeah. Because basketball isn't fun. It's not supposed um, to be fun, no. No, it's not fun. It's not entertainment. It's it's work, and it's hard, and there's nothing easy or fun about it. Um, and JJ was right to call out Zach Lowe and say, you know what, like, you're, you're talking about my craft here. Like, don't, please don't disrespect or belittle my craft with your, with your craft, frankly, crass articles. Um... And uh, and I think he really put Zach Lowe in his place, and I give him all the credit for that. Do you think it's? I agree. Do you think it's kind of in line with his um, uh, lack of social media presence as well? It's kind of like JJ's like, look, I'm not out here to have fun. I'm out yeah, here to just work. Yeah, I think work. you're right. You know what I mean? It's, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's I like think, very on I brand. Think he, yeah, mm-hmm. he views it as kind of right there in line with that. You know, it's like something for like the kids. It's like a little. It's a yeah. You know, it's a toy that kids play with. Um, Humor is something, but he's not for a kid. Kids. Social media is something for kids, but he's an adult. Yeah, like he has watches. JJ Reddick is wine. not a child. He's an adult. He's a man. Yes, with a capital M. <laughs> he he wears wristwatches. He drinks wine. He goes to Cabo and the Hamptons. He has really intelligent high level conversations with the ceo of goldman sachs yeah um and so uh so yeah that's my fourth pick um 
calling out Zach Lowe for his childish uh, column Love it. about uh, basketball, which is not a childish game. Man, so I'm on the clock. This is the ninth overall selection. It's my final pick, and uh, we can we can rattle off some um, honorable mentions later. I mean, so, I can't believe we're already almost I at know. the end here. This is incredible. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, uh, honestly, like I, I'm looking through my honorable mentions. I'm like, God, all of these are such strong cases. But for my 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 uh, for the ninth overall pick and my final selection, um, mm-hmm. it's sort of an all encompassing one. Not unlike the way you mentioned social media, um, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of like you know filters throughout several different things. For my final selection, I am going to select um, JJ's affinity for the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. So to call mm-hmm. back to the very podcast that you just mentioned. Uh, JJ went on Zach Lowe's podcast at the beginning of the summer, and he talked at length about summering in the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, you know, like, first of all, JJ, ref- <laughs> JJ refers to the Hamptons as, quote, out east. Um, mm. It's a That's cool. That's, that's a cool way to refer <laughs> to it. Yeah. I mean, it's a place he's very fond of. Um, mm-hmm. He says, quote, it's just a really chill sort of place, end quote. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes on Zach Lowe's podcast at the beginning of the season. And what I love is the way he just tries to normalize it. He tries to normalize the Hamptons. And he talks about how it's just like, yeah, man, it's just like there's just like country farm out there, man. Like, that's yeah. it. But like, It's just a chill like beach town. Listen, BC, the Hamptons to me will always be the set of, you know, like... Uh, isn't the Great Gatsby set in the Hamptons? Yeah, or, right? of course. Yeah. Uh, East uh, Egg and West Egg. Yeah, yeah, right. Which are fictional places, but based in the Hamptons. Based yeah. in the Hamptons, right. He he he, 100% went to parties in the Hamptons. He 100% like showed off his tattoos while in the Hamptons. He 100% mm-hmm. talked about art and wine and fine living and He's probably gotten a haircut and like a like a very precise shave in the Hamptons. He went to parties and for sure wore masks and like velvet cloaks. And JJ Reddick <laughs> would spend the summer in the Hamptons, and like he can try to pretend that that's a normal thing, but it's not. Like I've seen Eyes Wide Shut. Like that's not you know, like that's cool, man. Like that's cool. That's what powerful people do. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. JJ loves the Hamptons. Again, he refers to it as out east, and mm-hmm. I love that about him. Um, Although, unfortunately, one of the uh, events in the Hamptons that he was unable to attend, I believe this past summer, yeah. was when one of his best friends, uh, Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon, yes. was uh, was DJing Oh, in the that's Hamptons. right! That's right! Yeah. Wait, what was but, the story um, with that? Chelsea wouldn't let him go? I think I think that he had a, a previous commitment, uh. unfortunately, um, but JJ was really broken up about that and told David that um, he was really uh, sorry to have missed his DJ set. Oh, because did we mention that the CEO of Goldman Sachs, David Solomon, aside from being, you know, one of the most powerful and accomplished uh, financial wizards in the entire world, uh, is also a club house DJ. Jesus. Um, yeah, because he also is a renaissance man like JJ. So it makes sense that these two makes guys are, are such such good friends. Yeah. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, high-level people is what I like to refer to them as, and, and they, you know, high-level people tend to gravitate to each other, you know? All right, BC, you're on the clock here. It's the 10th overall pick. This is your fifth and final selection. Uh, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on my yeah. board that's still out there. I mean, yeah, there's a there's so much more. Is there something you're? Here. Let's see. Is there something you're leaning heavily towards? Is this difficult for you, or is there a kind of clear choice here? 
All right, I'll go with kind of an obvious one. Yeah. But I think it's important, and we've kind of we've mentioned it, but only in passing, and I think it's worth highlighting. Uh, with my fifth pick, I'm going to say the fact that J.J. Redick attended Duke University and played for Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski. I mean, the best school, the best coach of all time, in my opinion. And, um, and the fact that J.J. Um, did that and went there, it just tells you what kind of a man he is. Um, he, uh, he's told this story many times, but he decided that he wanted to go to Duke when he was very young, I believe he was about eight years old, and he watched uh, Christian Leitner right. score the famous game-winning shot against Kentucky. And right then and there, as a child, mind you, J.J. said, I'm going to Duke University. I'm going to be the best, and I'm going to play on the best team for the best coach because that's what he believes in. He, he wants the best he wants with the everything. Best. Yeah. And who can in blame his life, off the court, on the court. He just decided right then and there, I'm going to be the best, and I'm going to play for the best team. And you know what? He went out, and he did it, and he was the best. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to say Duke University. All-time leading Coach scorer K, at Legendary. Duke. Yep. Yeah. I mean, what more can you say? So, it's, it's you know. Uh, that, that podcast that I mentioned that JJ did with that guy, Ben Winston, uh, he, mm-hmm. they were talking about the Duke years. And at one point, mm-hmm. JJ said uh, about, that, about, those, about those years, he said, Every road game, I knew there was going to be a certain level of animosity directed my way. And Ben Winston said, mm-hmm. why? And JJ said, because I was a dick. <laughs> and <laughs> I just, I love that, man. I love the awareness. I love the commitment. Um, oh, yeah. It's all calculated. You know, JJ knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly he's got what the, he's doing. He's got the crowd. He's got every one of those college fans in the palm of his yep. hand. <clears throat> He's he's manipulating their emotions. He's a master. Um, I mean, he's a master like, puppeteer. Like a, puppet, yeah. like a puppeteer, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he um, really is. All right, so do we want to talk real quick, honorable mentions, anything we just, you know, real quick, ra- rapid fire you want to throw out there? Um, I mean, I could also mention that um, uh, aside from being um, a very accomplished poet, as we've established, um, he was also a battle rapper in college. Oh, wow. Were you aware of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, going, going by the name J-Red. Yep. Which is a really cool and inventive rap name when your name is J.J. Redick. Um, I have a like, tidbit here. So apparently the men's basketball program at Duke, they weren't allowed to join fraternities. So his hmm. group of friends, his group of friends made their own quote unquote fraternity called Phi Drinka 40. Yeah, and that's cool. They had hats and t-shirts made up where they... PD, PDF. Yes. PDF yes. for short. And, which is an awesome acronym for a rap name. And for a rap they would group. make a poor amateur rap together. Uh, mm-hmm. JJ's rap name uh, was Five Drink of Forty, and he'd also go by J Red. Um, mm-hmm. And then apparently one night, Five Drink of Forty was the was the collective group name. Yeah. And within the group, his name was J Red. Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. And one night yeah, yeah. during a Five Drink of Forty rap battle, apparently ex NBA uh, point guard Chris Duhon actually took a swing and connected with JJ. So mm. interesting, inter- interesting tidbit about uh, about JJ and his rap. I mean, he must have just annihilated him in the rap battle to to elicit that yeah. kind of a physical reaction. Of course, I mean that that tells you what you need to know right there. Like the dude, you you, you know that he had some skills. Uh, some other honorable mentions for me. Uh, we you know, I don't know how much we want to get into this, but JJ may or may not have been witness or a part of a human trafficking incident early. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Did did. Briefly uh, participate in human human trafficking. Did so we that's get a cool. resolution to that? So real quick, 
Uh, if you're interested in this one, you should just Google JJ Reddick human trafficking. Uh, you know, he talks about it on the podcast, on his podcast. He was yeah, coming with Mo, with Mo Bamba. I believe he was. Co- yeah, that's right. That's right. He was coming from a photo shoot. Was it a mm-hmm. GQ photo shoot? I believe it was GQ. It might have been Men's Health. I'm not entirely sure. sure. One one of many men's lifestyle magazines. He was doing one a- of the you know one of the th- the three or four magazines that I subscribe to. Sure. Um, so he's coming uh, from a photo shoot, hops in an Uber real quick, and uh, he's with his wife and his sister-in-law. And I think the story goes something like they they notice in the back seat like a body moving. As I was getting in the car, I noticed the blanket was moving. So I'm like, sir, you have something in, in the trunk of your car. Do you know what that is? Is there something in the trunk of your car? And he's like, no, no, I don't have anything back here. And I say, well, can I get my stuff out? So he pops the trunk, and I like kind of as fast as I can because it's New York City you don't know like I've seen this blanket move I don't know what this is is it a a python is it a robber (laughs) I I don't know so I grab my bag and coat and I grab Kylie's bag and like kind of throw it on the sidewalk and jump back on the sidewalk so the car is is like facing um, you know going directionally like you know sort of perpendicular to us and I'm like, sir, there, there, I think there's a person in your back seat. And so he lifts the blanket up, but like towards the window so that the blanket is facing up. So we couldn't see because we were on the sidewalk, perpendicular to the car, not behind the car. And he's like, no, there's, there's nothing in here. There's nothing in here. And he closes the blanket back and then he closes the trunk. And as he's like walking around to the front seat, a head pops up. <laughs> it's the, no, this is not funny. There's, there's a back of a female's head. It's, she's blonde hair. There's a ponytail. And based on the size of the box or cage that this person is in, it's like either like a very small human or a child. What I love about JJ is he just, he just plows right into that interview with Mo Bamba, you know, right after mm-hmm. telling that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then quickly after that, I guess he disappeared from social media. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't think it was related. You know, no, I don't think it was related. No, no, no. I think. Bottom line I, I is, think he, he just needed to. Yeah, he just needed to tune out the noise, get off social media. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think this, this, the move off of social media had been in the works and kind of brewing for for a long time. Yeah. And through pure coincidence, um, it happened to coincide with. Um, the fact that he told a story about human trafficking on his own podcast. JJ contacts and the authorities, they're involved, and uh, yeah, we're waiting word. We'll keep you guys posted if we hear anything. I'm sure JJ will let us know if anything uh, if anything comes of it, but uh, yeah. yeah. Suffice it to say, um, JJ acted appropriately and took care of the situation. Absolutely. Um, and um, yeah, and uh, just once again, just displayed um, uh, uh, just the, impeccable the high, the high level. Yeah, yeah, the high level that he operates on at all times. Any other honorable mentions for you? Um, let's see. I mean, I got a couple. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> if you need some help, <laughs> what I love about JJ, he's very open. Uh, he, he he's openly, you know, it, it talks about being good friends with Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. and I just think that's cool. You know, like yeah, yeah, those are really cool guys. Those he, are both two of the coolest about guys. Talk, he just refers to them as Chris. Like he'll he'll say sometimes on his podcast. Nice, yes, like I was nice. on the phone with Chris the other day, and we were just talking, and it's like, oh, that's yeah. that's so cool, man. Like he's he's that's, cool with all the dope. he's cool with all the cool players. Um, yeah. Also, that's um, awesome. JJ is uh, you know he's very open about his love of truffle hunting. Um, and, oh yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, I just I'm a big fan. I mean. 
I, uh, I have tried truffle oil. I've never, I've never been fortunate enough to try, you know, an actual, you know, full truffle myself. I mean, but, we're talking about the one percent of the one yeah. percent that gets to that gets lucky enough. I mean, not not lucky. I would say it's it's all earned. Yeah, you know, of course. In his case, it's all it's all deserved. But I gotta say, deserved. JJ makes those truffles sound so delicious. And yeah, uh, I, it's great to hear him talk about that. And you can <laughs> almost ta- you can almost taste it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's just uh, so so generous of JJ it's to. So cool. to let us kind of in a little bit, you know, to, to let us into his life like that, oh. where it almost feels like we're f- like friends with him. Yeah. Also love you know? his uh, taste in Christmas movies. I don't know about you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Guy loves a good Christmas flick. And um, yeah, I mean, this is again on that mailbag episode a couple weeks ago, um, just rattling off a, a bunch of really great titles. What were some of them? He, uh, what, what was... uh, I believe uh, the holiday. That's right. With um, with Jude Law and Cameron Diaz, That's right. he he listed, all, you know, also in my top maybe top ten, sure. top fifteen movies of all time. Sure. Great, great flick. Yeah. Whether it's the holidays or honestly any time of the year, uh, I could pop that on and watch it anytime. Great movie. That's all I have for for honorable mentions. I'll throw one more out there. Um, I really enjoyed. Um, I don't know if you listened to his. Uh, podcast episode with Kyrie Irving yes um, where they indulge in uh, in some conspiracy theorizing if you will um, that's right but I thought it was really cool how JJ questioned the existence of dinosaurs nice. Um, nice yeah he was like you know I'm not totally sure I'm just gonna throw it out there on a podcast and say yeah you know I'm not entirely convinced that dinosaurs existed um, and uh, and I thought that was pretty cool to um, to just disseminate that that sort of yeah, Duke um, educated. Man. I mean, you know, you, yeah, I love you, that. You might want to. Some people might say, "Oh, that's that's misinformation, like why would you or whatever." But right, but I think it's cool that he's just like, "Hey, question authority, hip. yeah, man, you know? shooting from like, the hip, yeah." Don't don't accept everything at face value. Absolutely. Don't accept you know what all the experts quote unquote or the professors quote unquote teach you in schools. Yeah. Like you know, come up with your own uh, ideas and, and and concepts and theories. And I think that's really cool of him. BC, I don't know about you, but this podcast feels like a total success. Um, <laughs> I I mean, yeah, I feel really we've, good we've, about this. Yeah, I think we've we've done this man justice. But honestly, we could make this thing twice as long. There's oh, so no much to talk about when well, it comes to JJ. JJ the beauty of JJ is this will just keep unfolding. We would encourage. Yeah, he's going to give us. He'll continue to to grace us with more gifts. Yeah, I, um, I would encourage my entire audience if you like this podcast, go find go find JJ's podcast. It's on the Ringer. Um, yeah, go download that David Solomon subscribe, podcast. Um, give him five stars. You won't be able to find him on social media, so you you can like and uh, subscribe to his podcast, but you unfortunately right. can't uh, do that with a Twitter account or a Facebook page. He doesn't yeah. have a publicly available Instagram account. That's right. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, the best you know, the best you're going to be able to do is just like and subscribe to his podcast on the Ringer. Um, mm-hmm. But BC and, and his and, and his previous podcasts, I would I would encourage everyone to go back and find his password because he is prolific. I mean, yeah. he's got a, a real library of uh, of content that you can that you can listen to. You know, every day of your life, pretty much you can. It really does feel like you can be his friend, which is the best gift, really, that he can give you. It truly is. BC, thank you so much for doing this. We will touch base with you later in the NBA season. We got a lot of stuff coming up. We have the All-Star break approaching, a lot of fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Trade deadlines yep. approaching. More drafts to come. More drafts More to love. Come. More love to celebrate. So uh, we will touch base with you real soon. Thanks for hopping on the pod, and we'll talk to you in a little bit. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. Right. What a pleasure, as always. <laughs> All right, later, my man. Bye. See ya. 
All right, that was the J.J. Reddick draft with Ben Craw. My name's Chris Rendelkin. This is On The Line. You won't be able to find J.J. on social media, but you can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Uh, you can email me at OnTheLinePod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, www.OnTheLinePodcast.com. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy watching NBA Hoops, and I'll talk to you guys next week.